This is Among the Stacks, produced by the Allen County Public Library in Scottsville, Kentucky. The podcast where you learn what we're reading and recommending and the library news. Hello, welcome to Among the Stacks. This is Amanda. And this is Abby. And we are here to talk about library happenings and news and, of course, the books that we have been reading lately. Um, last week was snow. Wasn't it so nice, Yay, Abby? I loved it so much. It yeah, there's the only best. a couple of us here that enjoy winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we embrace it when it does snow. And so we had a couple of days off and we closed early a couple of days just to make sure that our employees and of course our patrons could stay off the roads as much as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but we did venture out a few times in the snow and it was very cold, but it was so pretty. Yeah, it's always so beautiful. This morning <clears throat> on the way to taking my um, my son to his grandma's um of course, snow's been gone for a couple of days now because of all the rain that we currently have. But Silas said, oh, no, Mommy, Frosty died. <laughs> so and <cute>. I guess <laughs> it's so cute. And I was like, he didn't die. He's, he'll come back when it snows again. So <laughs> anyway, we got to make sure it snows again so my son can see his Frosty. I'm uh, all for that. So funny. So fun. We've got a lot of programs coming up um, over the next few weeks, and we want to mention some, if, I mean, probably not all of them, but we'll mention as many as we can. Um, I did want to mention, um, since I do the children's programming, especially since the beginning of the year and then all the snow that we've had, I want to remind my parents and our new people, if you want to join us, to make sure to visit our website and register for those programs. It just helps us plan for that um, in advance to make sure that everybody is accounted for. Um, Abby, I'm excited about this new thing that you and Chelsea are starting with our maker space, and it's Tinker Time. Yeah. Can you tell us about Tinker Time? Yeah. So um, Tinker Time is really just like an hour of time that we want to give our patrons um that if they're curious about what we have in the makerspace, like the embroidery machine, the 3D printer, poster printing, Cricut, if they want to know just like a little bit more about it or if they have a project that they're working on, we've allotted some days um, within the month. Um, so upcoming would be February 7th and the 21st. That's on a Wednesday night at 5 p.m. for me. Um, but if you were wanting to make something or just learn more about what's happening in the makerspace, uh, you would register to um, participate in that hour block of time and we would just kind of walk through whatever it is that you're looking for. So for example, if you're wanting to make something on the embroider machine but you've never used it before, we might go through the basics of how to use the embroider machine and then try to um, create at least one project with you. Um, but that's something that we offer on a certain Wednesday nights and on Fridays um, each month. I love that because even like you know, I've used the the embroidery machine a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and even those who have been trained on that and have got their paper sound that they can use that, they might forget between one visit to the next exactly yeah. what to do. Absolutely. So having that allotted space where there's going to be staff available to help if needed is really great. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it helps us to to kind of stay familiar um, because definitely a lot more problems can show up than solutions sometimes when using certain right. things that you're not familiar with. So, Absolutely. 
Uh, Miss Mariah has, of course, been super busy. She's our outreach librarian, and she also offers a lot of art programs and craft things for the community. Um, she wanted me to mention that on Saturday, uh, February 3rd, it's going to be a two-parter program um, beginning Saturday, and then the second program will begin um will conclude on Tuesday, February 6th, but it's going to be an uh, an air-dry clay planter. So they'll be making something from clay, of course, letting that dry over that period of time. And then those who made that planter can come back on that second session, I guess, to decorate it in some way. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what she's doing, yeah. but she does have some openings still for that. And she would love for you to go to our website and start registering for those dates. Anything else I'm trying to think? Um, Oh, what about oh Chelsea, her mm -hmm. Cricut Valentine. Do you know about that while she's doing? Um, She is working on, she's going to do a card making session that's going to be in the makerspace using the Cricut. I don't think she has a date um, set for that in February, but that'll definitely something that'll be fun to look. Yeah. Check our calendar for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just check the February calendar. It'll be online. Uh, Miss Sheila, um, we did get another grant for Primetime Family Read Night. Registration is now open for you to sign up your family. Um, the first program will begin on Thursday, February 22nd. It's a six-week commitment program, but you only have to come one day a week. We do feed the family for free. If you have a child who is under age for the program, we have free child care for that child during that session so that y'all can really engage with your older children with the program and the activities that they have in store. Um, it's a great program. I think Abby's family did that in the past. Mm-hmm. Before you were, maybe it was your brother and your sister that came to those programs. I actually participated um, <clears throat> complete, like for a full six-week session. Um, okay. But I, it's really a nice way to kind of like have um, scheduled time. We would just have a certain day of the week that we would read the stories and kind of have our own family mm-hmm. discussion and then um, come to the library and discuss. Um, I can't say that I was necessarily always the most excited about it because I was a bit older, but I do know (laughs) that um, my brother and sister really enjoyed it. Um, And it is a good way to just get out of the house um, on these winter Mm -hmm. days if you're looking for something to do. For sure. And we, you know, we have, we try try to start it fun with a fun library commercial or jingle that the staff has created. And we've got those on video and they're fun to look back on. They're so great. Uh, we've had some good times with that. Chelsea has got also uh, her cookbook book club is coming up very soon, too. Um, I think it's the first full week in February the 6th as well, February 6th. So if you want to stop by and pick up a copy of the Stay at Home Chef, the Slow Cooker Cookbook, you can check that out, find a recipe, join her for that session. And then I think everybody brings a dish that they tried from the reci- from that book, and they all kind of try the recipe together and discuss what they liked and what they didn't like about the cookbook. So I really like that program as well. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. There's a lot going on. Oh, one other big thing. I'm a part of a regional collaborative for kindergarten and early childhood care things. Anyway, so that's going to start. We're having a big K-Ready Love event, and it's um, sponsored by this regional collaborative. Um, All the funding comes from the um, Kentucky's Governor's Office of Early Child Care Learning, and that's going to be February 9th at 10 a.m. at the Extension Office. 
Um, we have six stations set up for um, your child if they're between the ages of three and five, or they're going to be starting kindergarten in the next two to three years, that we will get them um, just have fun activities to get them more prepared for the classroom and for the parents as, as well. So they kind of know what those expectations are. And all the centers are going to be around love and Valentine things. So we're going to have postcards and mailbox decors. I spy lovely shapes. There's going to be a healthy heart snack. Um, all the kids that come, we have 100 kits available. And they're going to be valued at $80 a piece. And I just think it's a really good thing for your child and families to come to make sure they join us for that special program. Yeah, that's definitely, We're busy, aren't we, Abby? Yeah, that's a lot of good work that's going into a um, pretty much a full month there. So we'll be very busy. Yeah, February is a short. I feel like it's a shorter month, yeah. but it seems we always pack in a lot of good yeah. stuff during the month of February. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to let you talk, Abby, about okay. what you've read lately. Okay. I think we're only going to share one book a piece, mm-hmm. but my book mm-hmm. was a pretty deep read. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. going to take some time. And I think you, yours was the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Was it, yeah. it was it, a meaty read. Yeah, it took <clears throat> the month to kind of get through it. Um, but it was okay. really good. Well worth it. Right. Um, it was called The Hundred. I'll let you. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, I'll, sorry. I'll let you take the, take over the show and tell us what you read. Yeah. So it was called The Hundred Years War on Palestine. Uh, it's written by Rashid Halidi. Um, I always worry. I always pick books with the <clears throat> last names that are difficult, and I always want to make sure I'm saying mm-hmm. them right. But um, obviously, the current state, um, Palestine, is on our minds a lot. And so I just felt the need to... Um, get more education uh, where I feel like I was lacking. So this was a really good book for that. Um, In the book, it kind of argues that the modern history of Palestine uh, can be understood as a colonial war waged against the indigenous population. Um, And it really offers a more Palestinian perspective on that subject. Um, And I find that as I was reading it, I realized how one-sided our own narrative here over here on this Mm -hmm. western side has been. So it was really, um, I thought it was important to kind of open my eyes. It opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, Yeah. So... I'm guilty of that too, Abby. Yeah. Like, you know, you hear so much from one side or the other. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, you only really hear it from the one side. Yeah. And so when you start reading from the actual persons or the actual culturals, you know, yeah. perspective, you get the real narrative around things. Yeah. So that's really great. It was definitely, um, he does a good job of just sort of giving lots of good facts, um, but also his family has been very actively involved in the process of giving voice to the Palestinian people. So from like 1917 to 2017, um, whether they were judges or scholars, um, a few diplomats and journalists, his family Mm -hmm. um, can be traced in some of the steps that were taken for the Palestinian people. Um, So he kind of has some firsthand account uh, with that, um, but he does a good job. It's a, it feels like a map that just runs through those time from 1917 to 2017, which is his hundred year span. Um, and he mm-hmm. shows really how declarations and policies 
um, that really arrived in the name of like with the language of di- diplomacy. Um, mm-hmm. Very rarely mention the Palestinian people or Arabs in general, um, mm-hmm. and how that really backed by like he calls them the great powers. Being um, it started with Britain's um, kind of move into the area, and now present day USA mm-hmm. um, essentially erased the Palestinians people. Um, presence in the area Um, and so coming just from my perspective I kind of resonated with that because I felt like I didn't even realize there was you know another side of of the story Um, right but he's very uh, clear he doesn't gloss over the Palestinians mistakes Um, he's very open about like certain organizations whose approach which was kind of you know it's a good approach was to um uh, return the Palestinian people to their homeland and restore their rights uh, by gaining diplomatic recognition. Um, but a lot of the time, those leaders felt to like devote good energy uh, towards understanding their target audience or um, being able to make advantageous uh, decisions regarding like policies and systems. Um, and so, how that was really can be like a hindrance to them. Um, But then also on the other side, he uh, doesn't kind of he doesn't sugarcoat or gloss the damage caused by um, uh, groups like Hamas or um, militant groups like them that um, Mm -hmm. use force. Um, And uh, you can kind of see he shows uh, the scale of force use, which is kind of shocking in some ways I guess for me it was very Mm -hmm. shocking but it's very disproportionate Um, one of the ratios was like a 43 to 1 um, against like the Palestinian people Um, so that's kind of like heartbreaking Um, absolutely yeah and I mean I just personally believe that there's nothing satisfactory uh, that can be gained when you know you are willing to say that lives lost is an option Um, and I get the sense that the author Khalidi really feels the same about that, that no mm-hmm. lives lost are kind of worth that being the solution. Um, yeah. But it was really a really good way if you're just looking for something that's going to help you get a better understanding of what's happening, what has been happening, and maybe just to open your eyes a little bit to the other side of things. Um, I think it did a really good job of that. Um, he also concludes kind of the book with um, – Uh, kind of his thoughts on how the situation could be peacefully resolved. And um, he shares, I'm going to quote from him. Um, Let me get myself together here. He says um, that settler colonial confrontations with indigenous people have ended in one of three ways. The first being the elimination or full subjugation of the native population um, that's something we see here in North America. Uh, number two would be with the defeat and expulsion of the colonizer, um, which in history's past was seen in Algeria, or um, with the abandonment of colonial supremacy in the context of compromise and reconciliation, which you see in places like South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Ireland. And, um, you know, you just kind of hope for a path that leads to um, peace, um, and he states that through equality and justice, that that's the way um, he feels strongly that that's the way that resolution would be found to this hundred year war. Um, and yeah, I think it was really good, uh, especially if you just need to 
have a, get, a bit more information, a little bit more um, understanding of the situation over there. Well, that's awesome. It's always good, I feel like, to learn more about things that you're curious about and <clears throat> to understand it better because I feel like when we just watch the news or we just listen to what certain people say, you're not going to get the whole truth. Mm -hmm. And so if you get both sides, then you can kind of, you know, infer what you believe. And I think, you know, it's always better to have as much knowledge, you know, as you yeah. can yeah. to find those areas. Yeah. But, wow. But that was a tough read. Well, <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time whining about it because it really took me to just like really focus in and just uh, yeah. get through it. But it was a really, it was worth it. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, we as you say, you know, if you know better, you do better. And I feel like it just helps right. you to be more equipped to, to make better informed choices. So for sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I read, um, a meaty book too, and mm -hmm. this was a fiction book, um, but it's called Babel by RF Kwong. Um, and this had a little bit of everything. So like the subject headings, it says that it could be like the genres, it's fantasy, historical fiction, magical realism, and science fiction. Wow. And you're like, okay. Yeah. When, and you know, if you're a Bible reader at all, you've heard of the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking this might be along those lines. And I think, yes, yeah. you know, but it's also, this is purely fiction mm -hmm. in a way too, but they've used that tower and that, um, in the Bible story as a premises for this novel. And um, they've really did it in a fun way. I mean, like it was all over the place, but this takes place in 1828. Um, and there's a character and his name's Robin Swift. Um, he was born in Canton. Um, he was orphaned. Uh, his mother died of cholera. And he was swept up by this weird um, character named Professor Lovell. And uh, Professor Lovell was from uh, Britain. And you will learn from the story the true connection that he has with Robin. Robin Swift was not his real name. He was forced to change it once he became under Professor Lovell's care um, because where he was going, he needed to not act Chinese. Mm. Uh, he needed to act more white and he needed to make sure that he was fitting the part, um, especially if he was going to be under his care. Um, so you can take that for what it was. I hated that for Robin. Um, but on the flip side, Robin was given a good life of, um, it was, I mean, I don't know, what, what, what would you define good, though? Yeah. So it was uh, free from worry of money. Um, he had everything he needed. He was able to learn diligently. And Professor Lovell made sure that he had everything that he could possibly want and need. Um, he did expect Robin to learn a lot. And so while he was under his care from a teenage boy up through adulthood was uh, learning to learning the language, learning different languages. So he had to learn Latin, ancient Greek, and of course, Chinese, because he was afraid once he was completely exposed to the English language, he would forget his native tongue. And he had a purpose for him to make sure he never lost that native tongue. Um, once he is an adult, he is enrolled into Oxford University 
It's a royal institution of translation, and uh, it's a big tower, and it was nicknamed Babel. Mm-hmm. So there's where you get this kind of thing that you can kind of think, well, maybe maybe they got this from the Bible, mm-hmm. and they I'm sure they did, but they've got they've got a play around. Um, a new story, I guess, for it. Um, but here at this Tower of Babel, um, its students are the world's center for translation. Uh, and more importantly, there is some magic going on. Ooh. Different floors within Babel are compromised of different jobs. And the very top floor of Babel is where they do silver working. And it's the art of manifesting manifesting the meaning that is lost in translations. So they use these enchantments and they put them on silver bars. And these silver bars help run Britain, which makes it unparalleled to other countries in the world. So that sounds strange but like they can put this silver bar that has been enchanted by a translation to make their trains move faster mm-hmm. they and so different things that are, are or maybe the buggies with the horses not be so heavy mm-hmm. and anything there's like a magical realm to this society and it's made them all powerful so for robin you know he grew up as a young child in canton but now he's in this Um, utopia of a universe because he loves language and he's dedicated to the pursuit of learning more knowledge but he also knows that knowledge has to obey power and as a Chinese boy who was raised in Britain he realizes that serving Babel means he has to he has to betray his motherland Um, the studies begin to progress Robin finds himself caught between baby and there's this society that is all against Babel so in any large institution or power in the world there's going to be somebody fighting against it for the good of all Mm -hmm. and that's the Hermes society they're dedicated to stopping the imperial expansion um Britain is on the voyage uh, to pursue an unjust unjust war with China, which is, of course, Robin's native land. Um, It's all over silver and opium, and then Robin has to decide what he's going to do. And um, a description that I found on Goodreads said, Can powerful institutions be changed from within, or does revolution always require violence? Mm And so that even goes with what you were talking about with the whole Palestinian thing. And um, I loved this book. It was a very long story. I I try to get Jamie to listen to it Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. I was reading it. And she's like, I mean, I just can't do it right now. (laughs) And I get it. But like, I felt like such a nerd reading this book because I was enjoying all the translations so much. Mm -hmm. And so it is very heavy with vocabulary and translating this from this language to this language. But the behind the scenes story of it all and you see in Robin and how he's fighting within himself. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. I love my native land and I miss my mother but look what I've been able to do because of Professor Lovell but now what's he going to do to my native home it's like a constant conflict and he's trying to decide what he's going to do with the help of his friends who are also in similar situations so I would really highly recommend Babel by R.F. Kwong Um, it's available 
on Libby. And if you want us to get that for you at the library, we will be happy to interlibrate loan that book. It's very, very good. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, I'm listening and I'm like, I think I need to read this too. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You can just feel the um, <laughs> tension between um, who you really are um, yeah. versus like where you come from and then who you've yeah. you know, become based off of your environment um, along with this And thread. I found myself, yeah, I found myself like being confused, like who... What does he need to do? I don't yeah. know what he needs to do until it just becomes evidently clear what he must do. Right. Um, and so I thought it was just a wonderful one of those books that, you know, you've read it and it's going to stay with you for a really long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked it. It was a 4.5 review on Goodreads. So okay. I think that goes worth saying. It was very, very good. Very good. All right. Well, we had some great books that we discussed today. Yeah. Good job, Abby. <laughs> you too. <laughs> All right. I think that's all we have. Remember, stop by our library and come see us for all of your library needs. Our website, uh, of course, has our events page, so make sure to visit that out because we did have a lot of programs we uh, discussed today. Um, But until next time, we hope to see you among the stacks. Goodbye. You've been listening to Among the Stacks, a podcast produced by the staff of the Allen County Public Library in Scottsville, Kentucky. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you among the stacks.